This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Was that wonderful or what? Yes. Wow. Happy Sunday. Boy, if you're here for the very first time... um, I tell people all the time, this is a church that no one comes to because they have to. So uh, I think you're in for a great time. God is just so amazing. And the stuff that we sang about him is all true. And that makes it even more amazing. I have some things that I'm going to be teaching us over the next few minutes that will make a difference in our lives. I just want to tell you up front that the principle that I'm going to be teaching us on this morning is one of the most powerful I've ever observed in my life. And God speaks directly to it. I don't know of any principle that affects marriage and family, uh, that affects the workplace, that affects our relationship with our housemates. Uh, Every relationship in the world, even the parent-child relationship, I don't know of any principle that affects it more than this one. But... There are three risks in it. Number one, it's going to seem too simple to actually work. You're going to tend to go, you're kidding, I came to church to hear that? Okay, the second risk is I don't know of any principle that's more unnatural to us. So you're probably at some point going to have this pushback and and this sense of, disagreement with it, right? Because it's not going to seem right to you. And the third thing is, because it's so unnatural, um, it requires a lot of effort. So, are you on board? Well, you want to at least hear what it is, right? (laughs) After that introduction, you might not be sure you want to do it. But at least you want to hear what it is. Okay, so, for those of you who are brand new... Uh, Every Sunday is a learning experience at New Life. We always work on something that's practical, that affects our everyday lives. And so we want it to be a learning experience for all of us. So if you will take from your program this half sheet of fill-in-the-blank notes, it will definitely enhance your learning experience. You'll write some other stuff in the margins, I'm sure, as I teach. And then you can take it home with you and you can review it during the week. And by the way, if you review it once during the week, it will probably double what you learn this morning. That's how learning works. The second tool that, that we make available every Sunday is this uh, long skinny card. I'm holding up the side that says start here because that's a great place to start. Uh, church works best if all of you who come have the opportunity to communicate directly with those of us on the pastoral staff. This is the card that enables you to do that. There are places on there for you to request information, sign up for something that's going on in our church. Later on, you'll learn how that you can register for a life group in our church through this card. Uh, There's all sorts of things that you can do through this card. However, no matter how many things you check on the back side, if you don't put your name and contact information on the front side, we have no idea what to do with that information. So this would be a great time for everyone in the audience to put your name and contact information there. A little bit later in the service, we will be collecting those uh, from the audience, and uh, that's sort of what makes the world go round. 
We are in the middle of a series called Modern Family, and uh, we are learning the principles that God talks about in the Bible that actually help us build sound, solid, stable, healthy, and are you ready for this word? Fun families. Because nothing is more fun than a family when it's all of the above. And uh, Kevin has done a masterful job of laying out two things. Uh, First of all, of laying out, why do we say I do anyway? And what would happen if the reason we said I do was a little bit deeper than I just can't wait to be with you? What if we took that deeper? And if that piques your interest, you want to go to our website, you can look at the bottom of your teaching notes, and you'll see our web address down there, pull up the media uh, option, and then select a podcast from two weeks ago. It's a fantastic uh, teaching. Last Sunday, he, he did an equally great job on the concept of oftentimes in marriage, there's a difference between our expectations and our spouse's behavior. And oftentimes, our expectations are a little higher than their behavior. Have you noticed that? Yes. And he talked about what do we do with that gap? And, and it's really a, a powerful teaching. So I would suggest that you go back and pull those up. Today, I'm going to talk about this principle I was talking to you about a while ago, and I want to start with a story out of my life. Uh, When I was in my 20s, I was uh, not only younger than I am now, but much more athletic, (laughs) to no one's surprise, right? And one of the things I used to love to do was play hoop, and I I lived in a neighborhood that had a park just down the block, uh, a few blocks away from where I lived, and I used to love to go down there and play pickup basketball games. And so one day I was down at the park, and uh, we were playing basketball. And that particular day, it was going very well for me. I was scoring a lot of points. And about halfway through the game, a guy got in my face, who was about six inches taller than I was, and he looked at me and he said, I am going to shut you down. Let me see your game now, short boy. Now... He was talking trash. But because I'm a pastor, and if you believe that, (laughs) actually because there were a bunch of people watching this game and they all knew I was a pastor, I had to be on my best behavior. And there were many things that I wanted to say to this guy that I chose not to say. But I will never forget the conversation that went on in my heart. So you want to shut me down? I'm going to light you up. You get in my face, I'm going around you to the hoop, and you'll wish you didn't get in my face. And when you're not in my face, I'm going to pull up short and bury a jumper, and I am going to humiliate you. Bring it on. You didn't know your pastor was like that, did you? (laughs) Well, guess what? That's how the game played out. I buried that guy in an avalanche of points. Now listen, that was the game within the game. You can write this down in your margin. Oftentimes, the game within the game is actually more important than the game itself. 
I got in the car on the way home with my brother-in-law, who broke the silence with these words that I will never forget. He said, well, Ron, that's about the most unchristian Christian way you could ever play that game. I said, what do you mean? I didn't talk any trash. He said, I saw what you did to that guy. You humiliated him. Let's talk for a minute about how we're made. That's the extent of my art right there. (laughs) I was pushing it right there. All right. So, primarily, there are three things we want to talk about today. We want to talk about our hands. And our hands are going to represent our behavior, what we do. Okay? Our head is going to represent our conscience or what we know we should do. And our heart is going to represent our nature, which tells us what we want to do or what's automatic for us to do. Have you ever had a conflict between those three? Yeah, that's where we live every day, right? Yeah. So you know what? Most of us do exactly what I did that day. We concentrate on our hands, our behavior. And we think, if I can just clean up my behavior and keep my behavior where it belongs, I don't really need to pay that much attention to my head or my heart. Listen carefully. This, my friends, is the game within the game. If you and I work on this and take care of this, this and this just fall in line. Let me give you an example. Because the truth is, all of us have amazing capabilities to discern what's going on in someone else's heart. If you come to this church, you will get hugged, more than likely, many times. Hopefully, by me. Okay? Have you ever been hugged? Hopefully not by me. But have you ever received the dirty old man hug? Yeah. Was a dude wearing a sign that says, Dirty old man, come over here so I can squeeze you inappropriately. No. Just a dirty old man. Or woman, I've had that too. Um, Have you ever been hugged with a perfunctory hug? Well, it's what we do at our church. Good to see you. And then have you ever been hugged by somebody who hugged you at that level? You knew they didn't have to say a word. They loved you. They cared for you. And what happened in your life makes a difference to them. Yeah. This is the game within the game. And when we understand a principle that rules here and that can rule here, 
it changes all the rest of the game. And that's the principle that I want to talk to you about today. The principle Paul is going to go in the book of Ephesians, at the end of chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6, Paul is going to just go straight down through the household. He's going to talk to wives. He's going to talk to husbands. He's going to talk to parents. He's going to talk to children. He's going to talk to slaves, and he's going to talk to masters. Those were the six relationships in a typical household in Paul's day. And what Paul is going to do, he's going to give specific instructions to each one of those. But what you and I need to know is those instructions are not sort of independent and, and, and tailored to each of them specifically. You know what they are? They, they're one principle with six different applications. Same principle for every one of them. And it's this concept I want to teach us about this morning. And here is the principle. Paul writes it like this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, would you circle, underline, do whatever you want to do with the word submit? And I know right away when I read submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and I tell you, we're going to talk about submit, that most of you are going, no. Probably none of you went, man, that is my favorite thing to do. I love submitting. Uh, that's not usually where we are, okay? That's why I want to talk about... Did I say this is one of the most unnatural things for us? You know, we are born with the opposite of submitting. It's why a two-year-old throws a tantrum. He wants his way. It's why half of the marriages in our world, in our country, end in divorce. Because... We struggle with this. It's not very natural for us. So that's the principle. Now notice how Paul lays this out for those other six relationships, just beginning in the next verse, 22, and going through the first part of Ephesians chapter 6. For wives, this means submit to your husbands. For husbands, this means love your wives. For children, it means obey your parents and honor your father and your mother. For fathers, it means don't provoke. And by the way, for fathers, you can just put parents. Don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. For slaves, it means obey your earthly masters with what? Deep respect. And then notice what he says. For masters, it means treat your slaves in the same way. What's the same way? With deep respect. And don't threaten them. We're going to break out those things a little bit more in future weeks. But that's what this one principle looks like applied in all the relationships, the interpersonal relationships inside of a family. And since that's the baseline principle, I think it's a good idea for us to explore that this morning. So I want to start with an apology to all of you women. Because last week Kevin said, drag your sick and sorry husband here because Ron's going to give it to them. (laughs) No, he didn't say it quite like that, all right? He did say that I was going to speak directly to the guys today. And the truth is, I'm actually going to speak to husbands and wives today. And next week, I'm going to speak to husbands and wives again. That way, if you could only be here one Sunday, you get a little bit of both and not just all of one, right? And you can't plot and say, I'll drag my husband there this week and next week I'll be sure and be gone. (laughs) You wouldn't do that anyway, right? No, you wouldn't do that. Anyway, so just to get your expectations set appropriately. So 
this is how this looks. So uh, I made us some handy dandy boxes because God gives us two wonderful word pictures for this one concept, and he approaches it from two different angles to help us understand this. So I'm going to explain those two word pictures, and then I'm going to give you an amazing illustration from right here in the Bay Area. So let's start with the first word picture God gives. God says, submit to one another. In the original language that the Bible was written in, that word submit literally comes from two words. One means to place, and the other word means under. So if we're going to submit, it means that we voluntarily place something under something else. And since we're talking about people, it probably has something to do with people. And the question is, what do we place under? And what do, what do we place it under? And what is that thing that we place under? Oftentimes, how this is, is taught, and, and, and I've got two boxes here. One says mine and one says theirs, right? Oftentimes how this is taught is that we take our um, sense of importance, our personal worth, and we put it under theirs as if they are worth more or more valuable than we are. The rest of the Bible, if you study it, would tell you that's not what God's talking about. You never take your identity and put it under somebody else. You never take your personal power and put it under somebody else. You, you, you never allow another person to abuse you. That's all we're talking about. You never become an enabler where you put yourself under someone in a way that's destructive for them and destructive for you, and it furthers the wrong behavior in their lives. That's not what we're talking about. Those, those are topics for another time, and I can't teach you about that today. But please don't, don't hear what I'm saying today to be that. So what is it we put under here? Two things, basically. Our priorities and our preferences. Now, you and I are wired with a very strong sense of equality and of fairness. Have you noticed that? We all got that. So here we are in life, and we're pretty much even. And then something happens, and somehow in our mind, they get a better deal than we do, or they rise. They buy a new car. They get a new house. They get new clothes. Somebody gives them a compliment. You know what we do? I got to up my game. Because they had to even the score. We do it another way too. Here we are, pretty even. And something happens to us and we struggle and we get knocked down in life. And they're not struggling and they're doing well. You know what we do? We start to personally attack and gossip them to try to get them down to our level. Capiche? Have you been there? You either have or you're lying right now. <laughs> We've all done that. You know what God says? Look, there's a better way to live. Submit to one another. Take your preferences 
and even your priorities at times and personally, voluntarily put them under someone else's and serve them. He gives us another word picture, and here it is in Philippians chapter 2. He says, when you do things, how often would that be? That's pretty much all the time, right? So if you're breathing, here it is. When you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Because you know what selfishness or pride would do? Selfishness and pride would do this. Am I right? Of course. He says, don't let that be your guide. Instead, Be humble and give more honor to others than to yourself. I want you to circle the word honor. Because that's another amazing word picture. In the original language, that comes from two words. And it literally means to hold above. Now, it means that you're going to take this person's priorities and preferences and you're going to hold them above Yours. By the way, where do your preferences and priorities end up when you hold them above? There are two different ways to submit. You got it? You know what we love to do? We want to lift other people. So we get above them, and then we try to pull them up. But never quite to our level. (laughs) And we feel really holy about that. Because we're encouraging them and helping them and lifting them up. No, no, that's not what God says. God says, if you're going to practice this principle in marriage or in the home, in order to hold somebody above you, you've got to get beneath them. You have to lift and hold them up. Now, here in the Bay Area, we have a rather famous basketball team right now. Yes, the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to show you what this looks like. It's not that hard. And we find ways to practice it, actually, um, sometimes. <laughs> we are selective, yes. Okay. Uh, I watched a game the other night, and it was the first game that, that Steph Curry was back in the lineup after recovering from his injured shin. And in the first game back, he poured in 30 points, and the Golden State Warriors won again. Harrison Barnes was back from, from uh, an injury that he had suffered. And in that game, Draymond Green actually recorded his third consecutive triple-double. And for those of you who are not basketball fans, it means that you have, you're in double figures in, in three of four categories. Points, rebounds, blocks, or steals. Or five, assists. Okay? So you have at least ten or more in three of those categories. It's a fairly rare feat in his best year ever. LeBron James uh, has only recorded seven of those in the whole season. Draymond Green recorded his third consecutive triple-double. It was historic. When the game was over, the reporter went immediately to Steph Curry. And he said, Steph, said, how good does it feel to be back in the lineup and pour in 30 points on your first on your first game back that has to feel really good you know what Steph Curry said how about Draymond 
That guy was a rock star. I am so blessed and privileged to get to play along somebody who plays at that level. You know what he did? You know what the reporter did? Went straight over to Draymond Green. Hey, Draymond, congratulations. Your third consecutive triple-double. I mean, that's a rare, rare feat. How good does that feel? You know what Draymond said? I'll tell you what. It's so great to have Steph back in the lineup. Our whole team plays so much better when he's on board. And how about Harrison Barnes coming back? And look at what he did for our team tonight. And by the way, every single warrior they interviewed, they asked questions about what they did, and every single warrior commented on what somebody else did. You got it? That's what submit looks like. That's what honoring looks like. By the way, are the warriors having any fun? I can tell you, when you learn how to do your family this way, family and marriage is fun. doesn't get any better than that. So, it's not that complicated. It's not that hard. If the Golden State Warriors can do it for a trivial thing like a basketball game, we can certainly do this in our families. Why don't we just do it? Well, there is a little problem. And let's talk about that problem for a minute. Our problem starts way back in the book, the very first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. God has created Adam and Eve. He put him in the garden, and God said, okay, here's your wonderful life. You can, your, your job is to tend the garden, and you can eat anything you want to eat except for the fruit from this one tree. And God said, now listen, don't eat from the, the fruit of that tree, because when you do, it's going to cataclysmically and catastrophically ruin your life. Now, I have to confess, there are days when I look at Adam and Eve and go, you jerks. You lived in a world, and there was only one way you could sin, and you did it. I would love to live in a world where I could only sin one way. There's a million ways I can sin. And then I think about the truth. If I had been Adam and Eve, I probably would have found that way too. So, they ate, they sinned, and listen, friend, something happened right here. This nature that they had had, that was naturally non-competitive, this natural partnership nature, where Adam and Eve never had any sense of competition. And Adam never looked at Eve and said, I don't think you worked as hard in the garden today as I did. There was literally no tension between the two of them. But the moment they sinned, something broke deep inside them. And it it was not a hairline fracture. It was a complete severance. And the first thing the Bible says that happened is they got afraid. It says they were afraid. And you know what happens when we get afraid? We feel insecure. And when we feel insecure, there's something on the inside of us that says, 
I don't want to go down. And if we're honest, we will also admit, if there's anybody going down, it's not me. So here's Adam and Eve. Now they're afraid. God shows up. And God says, hey, what's up? Things seem a little different. Adam, did you eat from that tree I told you not to? He goes, she did it. He threw her right under his bus. You know what Adam was saying? If anybody's going down, it's not me. Yeah. Because for the first time in his life, Adam was acting out of his broken nature. And friends, until you recognize you have a broken nature, you will never deal with it. You'll keep working on your hands. Your head will keep convicting you and trying to get you to do better things with your hands. But as your friend and as your pastor, can I invite you to start working here? Because when you get this right, this and this take care of themselves. It's a wonderful way to live. So we have this broken nature, and I want to tell you what this translated looks like. Okay? Take a look at the screen. When we have a broken nature, it means what is natural to us. In other words, what seems right to us is often wrong, and it becomes hurtful and destructive. Now that you've got the blanks filled in, look at me, because I want to tell you what this means in marriage. It means that when you do in your marriage what seems natural to you, there's a high likelihood you will break your marriage. Got it? Not to convict you. I just don't want you to be deceived because we're taught all around us that things that seem natural for us can't be wrong. They have to be right. You need to do what is natural for you. Friends, that's the worst advice you could get. Look at our world. We have 7 billion people who are doing what comes natural to them. How do you like it? Until we're willing to face the fact that we actually have a broken nature. We're not bad people. There's lots of good in us, but we still have this broken nature. And when we start working at this level, God does amazing things in us. Let me put it another way. When you parent your children in a way that's natural for you, there's a high likelihood you're going to hurt and potentially destroy your children. And, oh, by the way, if you just refer back to how your parents parented you, guess what they were probably doing? Parenting you in a way that was natural for them. I want to say to you that Jesus has a solution that's so much better. So, that's our problem. What's the solution? Well, I'm going to give you a tiny piece of the solution, and then I'm going to give you the ultimate solution here in a minute. Here's the first tiny piece of the solution. I'm going to start a Nike slogan. You finish it. Just? Okay. Got it? Yeah. 
you got to practice. You have to practice doing it right in order for it to become second nature to you. And that's why Paul said, submit. Now, oftentimes we think this only comes into play in decisions. No, that's about power. It's not about power. Submit to one another. You know one of the best ways? Just start. Submit to one another right here. Submit to one another when you walk out into the lobby. Submit to one another when you get to your cars. How do you do that? When you approach a door, open it, hold it open for someone else. You have taken your preferences and your priorities and you have placed them under theirs. When someone's walking and they drop something, bend over, pick it up, tap them on the shoulder and give it to them. And they'll say, oh, thank you. You know what you did? You took your preferences and your priorities and you put it under them. When I go to a grocery store, you know what I do? Almost every single time, I go look for a cart that someone didn't return and I take it back. You know why? I don't even know who that person was. But I'm taking my priorities and my preferences and I'm putting them under theirs. And I'm learning how to serve and help. Friends, there are millions of ways every day for you to work right here. And when you learn to hold others up and honor them, and when you learn to take your priorities and your preferences and put them under other people's, and you can do that in the little things that take place in your life a million times every day, when it comes to the big ones, you'll already be good at it. And did you know, when you learn how to do this, even when you are correcting and training your children, you will do it in such a way that they feel honored and held above. Got real quiet in here, didn't it? Yeah. I don't know of any principle more profound or more impacting than this one. This, my friends, is how Jesus lived every day. And it's why when people came to him, they were just drawn to him. Two ways to do this. First of all, you have to identify the right heart space. And you've got to quit working so much on your hands and start working on your heart. And then when you've identified the right heart space, then take the right actions based on the right heart space. I want to give you three ways that you can apply this this week. And the first is, make this a week where you practice this all week long. It's on the top of your mind. When you get up in the morning, you're praying, God, would you help this week to be a week where I continually take my preferences and my priorities and I put them under someone else. Again, not for abuse and not for enabling, okay? But in the healthiest of ways. The second thing you can do, for those of you who like to read and are really interested, Patrick Lencioni has written a great book called The Advantage. And it takes this principle and it applies it in the corporate world. And he says, this is the distinct advantage that some corporations have over others. They have figured out this principle. So if that piques your interest, 
That's a great book. You can look it up online. You can order. It's a great, I've read the book. It's a great book. And then the third thing is, and this is where it gets really super cool, you can improve the condition of your heart, but you can never actually heal your broken heart, your broken nature. You can improve it, but you can't heal it. Only Jesus can heal it. And you know what Jesus did? The Bible says he was in heaven. He was God. Here we are down on the earth. We are worlds apart. And Jesus looked at us and he said, I will empty myself and take on the form of a servant. And I will take my preferences and my priorities and I will set them aside because I have people who need me. And he laid down his life. There's no way that anyone could honor you more than to give their life for you. And Jesus said, I did that so that your broken nature could be healed. When Jesus died on the cross, he died so that this could divinely and miraculously be healed. It begins by you choosing to say, today I enter into that first-time relationship with Jesus. I'm going to pray. If you're ready to make that decision, there's a point in that prayer where you can pray a prayer of commitment. It's not a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of commitment. But it launches you on your journey, and, and I want to give you that prayer. Would you join me? God, thank you for my friends who are processing this. Thank you for laying it out so clearly for us in your word. Thank you for telling us the truth about our broken nature. And thank you for not just leaving us there or condemning us in that broken nature, but thank you for doing something about it and, 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 and coming to our world and teaching us and calling us to live above and beyond that nature. And then, God, thank you for the most amazing thing, promising that if, that if we will follow you, if we give our lives to you, that you will begin to stitch our broken nature together. And you will begin to transform us into the wonderful people you always wanted us to be. Friend, if you're ready to make that decision, here's the simple prayer of commitment. Lord Jesus, today I understand I have a broken nature. I also understand only you can heal it. I ask you to forgive my sins and heal my broken nature. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.